Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. Our hope is that this monthly podcast will provide both encouragement and practical help as you move forward in raising the next righteous generation. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, ladies. Today on our Mom to Mom podcast, we are interviewing Deborah Bullock. Deborah has been married to Harold Bullock for over 48 years. They have three children and seven grandchildren. Deborah and Harold started Hope Church in 1978, and God has blessed their ministry in the following ways. Through the ministry of Hope Church, more than a hundred churches have been started. People trained at Hope have served as missionaries in about 40 countries around the world and as college student ministers on about 25 college campuses. Several different training programs have been developed that are being used by the churches in the 17-6 network. The churches in this network all have roots that come from Hope Church. Throughout the years of her ministry, some of Deborah's roles have included the parenting book, Parenting. Is there an app for that? Deborah, I am so honored to have you here today. Thank you. I am excited to be here. Yes, you have influenced me in so many ways, and your parenting book has been such a source of help from the Lord. Your books provide a summary of parenting guidelines from God's Word and practical steps to implement God's principles in everyday parenting. I think quite a few moms at Orange Crest Community Church have read your book and shared how it has been helpful and revolutionized their parenting strategy. What motivated you to write the book? Well, I have a real heart for moms who are busy, who are feeling the responsibility of raising children is overwhelming uh, because I've been there. Um, In fact, when Harold and I learned that I was pregnant for the first time, we were both really excited, but I was also just a little bit panicked because I knew nothing about parenting. Um, The good thing was um, I had had a lot of opportunities to to just find out that God is real, had seen that what was in the Bible really worked. It had really worked in our marriage as we had committed ourselves to follow that. And I know that wouldn't have been the case if we were just trying what we we thought would work. Um, and so when in that moment or moments of panic, uh, I knew, though I knew nothing, that I did know uh, who could help me, that God would help me, and I knew that in the Bible I would find the principles for parenting that would really work because um, they've been being used for centuries. Uh, God created instructions that people everywhere could use. Yes, you know, I I felt the same way when I became, when I was first pregnant, and I think a lot of moms feel that same panic when they realize they are going to have this, you know, wonderful baby entrusted to them, and they have to train them and teach them everything that they need to know. I was just having a conversation with a mom the other day, and she mentioned that there was no instruction manual for parenting, but what I hear you saying is that there is. Uh, Yes, and the... uh I think kind of a neat thing, I mean, you know, in a a car, uh, I had to look up something in the car's instruction manual, and it's good, except there are 
thousands of details and things like that. But the Bible really, it, it has a number of things to say about parenting, but they really all fit into a, a, just a few principles. And those principles uh, are are ones that have a lot of flexibility in them of how a different parents can apply them. Parents of boys, parents of girls, of different personality types. It's an instruction manual with flexibility in the details. And I think that's why your book has been so helpful for me. Um, I had read the Bible. I had read, par I had read parenting books. Um, and actually, I will confess, I have read a parenting book every year since I became a parent. <laughs> and I've been a parent for 15 years. <laughs> that's a lot of parenting books. But what was helpful about your book was that it was easy to read. And that it gave me practical things to um, to just connect the principles from God's Word and then practical steps to applying God's Word. And that has been so helpful in my parenting. Well, great. The, one of the things with the book is not only to make those principles um, clear, uh, get show how the scriptures relate to them, but to put it in a form that moms could remember. I don't know about you, but boy, once I became a mom, I had so many things to remember in a day. And so <clears throat> one of the things, I took those principles, uh, made them into an acrostic, and then came up with a picture that summarized the function that God wants each of those principles to have in our, our parenting. So, if you're listening and you like to doodle, um, uh, I'm going to try to describe what that picture is. It's a picture of a minivan, van, SUV, crossover, whatever. And so basically all those vehicles have the basic shape of an oval laying on two circles. They're kind of an oval shape. And then if you start at the left end of that oval and you make a K and then an I and a D right about where the windshield, the, the curve of the D for the windshield, and then put an S where the front would kind of fit, where the front is. And then in each circle that it's sitting on, those are the wheels, put an E. And um, so the the minivan or that SUV, uh, I used that because we had vehicles like that when our kids were little, and that's something that I saw every day. And uh, I thought, you know, if those uh, principles could represent the parts, that's something I'm going to use. And it would remind me as I was, oh yeah, I need to be doing this today. I needed all the help that I could get in remembering things. That's really helpful. Yes, we do have a mom van vehicle in our house. I, I call it the mom van, <laughs> and um, it is very helpful in my everyday life. <laughs> so that, that illustration is very practical <laughs> for moms. <laughs> well, speaking of vehicles, we... Um, 
Uh, Harold and I have just made the trip out here uh, to Southern California, and we we were going to be here a while, so I was doing a lot of packing. Are you are you an overpacker for trips or an underpacker? I happen to be an underpacker, and I always end up at the Walmart because I forget things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am an overpacker, but I also end up at Walgreens, Walmart, somewhere, because <laughs> I forgot something. And I think as moms, one of the most terrifying, well, not the most, but terrifying thoughts as you're packing for a trip is I might forget something. And if you get down the road too far to come back and you realize you missed packing maybe the passy, the blankie, the doll, uh, you know, maybe some medicine for the child. Uh, you uh, that that can be a very painful experience. Uh, that part of the trip till you can get that replacement, um, and that. Uh, but I realized, you know, that as important as all the stuff that I try to squeeze into a vehicle when we're going someplace and when my kids were little that I was trying to put in the vehicle. More important than some of the stuff was that all the parts of the car were functioning properly. And, um, by the way, you know, you know that my kids are now all parents themselves. They're grown, older. So when uh, we were... Um, getting ready to bring our daughter out to Southern California for college, uh, we had packed the the vehicle. In fact, we had two vehicles because we had three kids. We were going to have to transport five people and everything she and her car and her Jeep and everything she needed for uh, college. So um, we had part packed the the. SUV we had just to the gills. It, it was just packed very full um, of all the things that were going to be essential for college for. And just, oh, maybe an hour before it looked like we could leave, my husband discovered, and I don't remember what it was, but there was some very important part that needed to be fixed before we left. And uh, what it was, he said, we would need to take most of the stuff out of the car uh, to, to, for him to take it to the shop. So all these hours of packing. So now we're, we have this caravan of myself and uh, my daughter and the kids carrying stuff back into the house and trying to remember where he packed it. Well, it goes to the, the shop, and that day passed. We slept that night. Uh, Another day passed, and it wasn't quite done, and then the next day it was done, so we quickly packed the car, and then we were about ready to go, and he found something else um, that needed to be done. <laughs> so we unpacked again, he took it, we we finally were able to leave, and oh, I mean, everybody Everybody was so excited, not as much uh, excited as our older daughter, but uh, we, we were driving down the road. And though that was a rather painful, difficult experience, those several days of packing and unpacking, I realized when we arrived all safe and sec secure at our destination that the really important thing was that all the parts worked. 
And uh, parenting is like a journey, kind of like a car journey. And God says, he tells us what the most important parts of parenting are. Those are the principles that he gives us. And if we are, we are helping those parts function properly, then it is more likely we're going to arrive at our destination and the child can, at that point, who's grown up, can exit the vehicle, a mature, responsible adult who loves God, honors Him, and helps others. Well, that goal is helpful to keep in mind. Um, we all want our kids to arrive at the destination that God has for them. In your book, you developed a helpful acrostic called Kids, and earlier you had us draw a picture, and that formed the Kids Minivan. Can you tell us what those letters stand for? Sure. K stands for kindness, I for instruction, D, discipline, S, spiritual power, E, the first, the rear, E, the rear wheel, E, example, and the front wheel, E, explanation. And um, kindness, uh, where, where it's placed, where the K is, is really where that big rear door in a minivan, SUV, van, whatever is. And uh, I think uh, most moms would agree that's one of the most helpful things uh, about that type of vehicle for having a bunch of kids. Um, just think, if you went out one morning uh, to, to your mom van and the door wouldn't open. Yeah, I'm thinking about soccer practice. And when I'm trying to load the van with all the chairs and the little wagon and the soccer ball and the snacks and everything, if it did not open, that would be really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing I was thinking, uh, especially now that there's like Walmart pickup, which we didn't have when I was raising <laughs> my kids, but um, you know, I could just see driving up to the Walmart pickup, and the guy comes up, and and uh, I, you know, I have to tell him, I'm I'm sorry. There's going to be something a little different today. I'll be glad to tip you, but what I'd like you to do is crawl through this door and over the seats and put that ton of groceries that I got all, all in the back. Um, and, uh, you know, when, I, when we think of that door, we, we tend to think of getting stuff inside. Now I've got to get something in the car, a few things I can kind of put between the seats and all, but if I've got to get something in, that, that's my go-to door. And um, with our kids, um, what we can think is, what do we want to get? What do we really want in our hearts to get inside our kids? Is it information, values, you know, right attitudes? Well, kindness functions like that rear door, and um, it opens a child's heart to receive the values, 
that we want them to have, and then when discipline is necessary to receive that, if we've opened that door through kindness, it also opens, it's a real door opener to their their ear to hear, uh, to really want to listen to us, or to their mind to after we've told them something to really want to think about it. Um, and so kindness is like just the really big door opener to our, our child in parenting. But it's, it's really not the same as just being nice. In the Bible, when it talks about kindness, it um, is talking about um, some different ways of looking to their interest, being kind, compassionate, considerate, and some of the ways that uh, the Bible indicates um, when it talks about kindness. And, and there are several ways of being kind that the Bible uh, brings a picture of. One is just entering their world. And, you know, when Jesus came, um, gave up everything to come to earth, to to sweat, to <laughs> be mm-hmm. dusty, you know, to uh, in order to show us the way to live and make a way to have that real life, um, he entered our world. And he set the example for us to enter their world. And like, like one of the ways that... Um, I've found, especially when the kids are little, is essentially we kind of entered their world when we bend down to, to talk to them. Uh, and, you know, because we want to get kind of on their level where we can really see their face and, and or we, we get down on the floor to play games with them. Um, and physically, we may enter their world that way, but also mentally um, when... Uh, we uh, try to think about and see what's going on. How did they see what's going on today in the schedule? Uh, I see it as, oh, these great things to do, but that may not look like that to them. I know one time when our middle daughter, Gina, was young, um, probably, I don't know how, let's say two, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, she was learning that what she was just beginning to learn to put on her socks. Well, I had some errands that I wanted to run, and so I um, I uh, said, okay, you know, you've been, she'd been trying to put on the sock for a while, having some trouble, and I said, you know, we don't really need socks for, for this trip. Uh, let's just go ahead and go. Um, and my husband happened to walk in, had been in the same room, and he said, you know, right now, she's working on socking, and she's just about got it mastered. Do you really need to leave right now? And so I thought, paused a moment, because I knew I didn't really need to leave. I knew I really wanted to leave right then, but I said, you know, no, I don't. And that let her, she, she was just about to accomplish something big, that let her go ahead and accomplish that. Um, that actually is really helpful to point out that our children are people, and they need to be shown kindness and respect. Yeah, yeah. But, but, also, but oftentimes as mothers, we have our agenda and we forget that they have 
that they have feelings too. (laughs) They're not just a piece of the schedule or the process. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Deborah, what are some other practical ways to show kindness? Well, let's see. One of them is uh, just doing to them as you would have others do to you. I mean, you're one of the most quoted things that Jesus said was do to others as you would have them do to you. And um, I think something that really helped me when the kids were young was just to pause and think through, you know, several questions like, how would I feel if someone treated me this way, if I was, you know, about to make a decision, do something. And I I just started thinking, like with the socking, you know, I'd ask myself in situations where the kids were right in the middle of a project and I wanted to go somewhere but didn't have to right there. You know, how would I feel if I I was in the middle of a project when I'd uh, worked, you know, on a job and, you know, someone come in and say, stop this and um, or I think another thing is when and I don't know if you're this way but when you're around someone when I'm around someone how do I feel if it seems like they only notice my mistakes they never seem to notice when I do something good mm-hmm. um, one thing that uh, my husband and I uh, found read about uh, several years Uh, before we had kids was um, a thing called the 90-10 principle. And what that was, it was a recommendation, just uh, not so much for kids, but in working with people, if you're training them in something, is try to give 90% encouragement, 10% rebuke. And um, you know, we we decided we were going to try that with our kids. Now, I tell you what, when our kids were two and around that age, we gave so much encouragement because we had to give a whole lot of, you know, no, can't, you know, we don't do this this way, you know, that kind of thing. So I know we fell short. I doubt that, I don't know if any day we really hit the 90%, but just trying, we probably hit 70% or, you know, at least at least 50 because we were aiming for that higher number. Yeah, you have a goal and yeah. you're aiming for that. You're, you're keeping the goal in mind. Yeah, yeah. so that, that really helps me. You may be picking up a theme that's in the book. How do you remember? How do you remember it to mom? But that was, <laughs> that, that was, a, that yeah. was a much needed theme for me. Oh, um, well, I was just going to say, Deborah, I, in our home, when I heard the socking story, because I, 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 I'm not sure if you have that in the book, but I have heard the socking story. And in our home, I, you know, I give my kids 15 minutes. And I have come up with my own way of helping them get ready. I say, it's time for PAN. And PAN stands for Personal Activity Needs. That's good. That's great. So I say, it's time for PAN. And they know they need to get everything they need for, for their personal needs as we're going out of the house. And it's really helpful for them. And it's just helpful for me because I know that I'm giving them the time they need. And I'm being kind to them and respectful. Um, 
So that's how your book has influenced me. <laughs> well, great. Yeah, and that's a great idea because, I mean, even in a project, if I had 15 minutes, I could get to a stopping place. So that's great. Um, let's see, another principle. You ask about principles um, is using a mouth guard. And uh, what brought that idea to my mind was... Um, one, I found that in very stressful situations, uh, which tend to come up when you have young kids, and uh, when there were times I didn't get much sleep, and days everything seemed to go wrong, I, I really was tempted to say uh, a really harsh word, say something I shouldn't say to the kids. And so... Um, God just brought to mind Psalm 141.3 where God, David um, asked God to set a guard over his mouth uh, so that he wouldn't sin against God. And I knew God wanted me to treat the, the kids kindly. And so I just started asking God first of, of a day to set a guard over my mouth, keep any harsh words from escaping that is really helpful to remember. Our words can just fly out of our mouths, and if we don't, if we don't stop and pause and think through what we're going to say, we really end up regretting. And I've, I've had a lot of regrets. <laughs> yeah, and it's like thinking about there's a guard outside your door whose assignment is to cut <laughs> off any any words that are coming out that yes. shouldn't be. That's a good picture. <laughs> Okay, what about the next letter in the acrostic? I stands for instruction. Can you instruct us on instruction? <laughs> okay, I will, I will try. Um, well, just, just imagine if uh, your van, you know, we talked about maybe not having the uh, uh, some parts, you know, working right, or, but imagine if you went up to your van, uh, the engine, the wheels, all the um, things that cause it to drive, the seats, seat belts, all that were there, but no, no walls around it, no uh, roof, no floor in it, a way to climb in, no floor, uh, no back. Um, just imagine what that would be like in a normal day trying to get kids where they were driving no walls what the first thing that comes to my mind uh, thinking back when my kids were young was I could see a number of homework papers just flying out the the of the the, the non-walled band the non-band band as we were driving trying to get to to school um, uh, I could see all the Cheerios that were on the floor that I had counted on probably the kids picking up if they really got hungry. Uh, I, I could see those. I mean, they would have just thought if they drop them, they're gone. Uh, actually, that could have its good good part. No yeah. Cheerios to no clean up. No vacuuming. Yes, that's right. No vacuuming. But, you know, how would I uh, contain the, the strollers and the scooter and all that if there were no, no walls? Um, you know, the... The I is is kind of in the more the middle, and it represents that whole body that wraps around the the van, and um, it, it's really important, just like those uh, walls are. And the instruction is actually really a crucial part. I know I realize that um, 
even windows are important. Uh, one time when I was trying to get my son to soccer practice and I realized just a little bit before that that he didn't have any clean soccer socks and you know soccer socks if they're not clean they're very 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 dirty. I mean if they're not <laughs> freshly you know washed and so I, I had the great idea that I'd just wash them I thought I could dry them on the way. There was some way that I kind of attached them on the inside, I don't know, the ceiling, something. And I let the windows be down because it was a good warm day. So we start off. It was going well. I look back. Oh, yeah, they're kind of flapping. Oh, they're getting dry. They're getting dry. And then my daughter said, "Uh, his socks are back there. So we turned around, went and kind of found them on the bush that they had had landed on. and, And so went on and he played with sort of wet socks, but he did have soccer socks. Um, so, you know, all the parts that's, that kind of keep things in are important, and that's one of the um, really uh, main functions of instructions. Um, uh, in the things the Bible says about instruction, it relates to the parent... Um, instructing or teaching their child in a way that what's being taught like stays inside and they can uh, they can get it it stays it that you teach it in a way that they know how to to take what you've taught and use it when there's a situation where they need to use you know if you've taught about honesty and there's situation that needs a thing use it and, um, you know, one of the things, here's, I don't know if you ever have times when you kind of dream about if I was designing a car, you know, for hauling kids around, here's what I would do. Well, one of the ideas that flashed across my mind was it would be great if there was some kind of technical storage system that, you know, there was a... Uh, uh, like a little box or a little thin container for all the things that are needed. You know, one for snacks, one for games or something they're going to use, one for maybe papers, you know, that you need, one for coffee for the mom, you know, just uh, those things. And the kids, each one had a little uh, picture on it of what was supposed to go in there. So, when you're done with the trip, if it's supposed to stay in the car, they put it in the right place. And when they come back in, you know, it's in that place. And then there was some kind of remote control. And you taught them this picture stands for toys or games or snacks or whatever. And then the remote control had the same picture. And if they were hungry or they wanted to play something, you know, instead of mom reaching way back, you know, and, and eyes are barely on the road and or throwing them. Uh, I have one daughter who's great. I mean, she is a great tosser. She could toss a hamburger. She can, you know, uh, she can get things to the, the back seat, far back seat, just fine. But, you know, kind of this little arm comes out from that container and takes it to the person who, who needed it when they need it. And, um, but that's actually kind of what the, the way we're to instruct is supposed to. It's supposed to help kids know, be able to recognize what they need, and be able to, it keeps it there 
in their head so that when they need it, they can get it. And um, actually, those are also things that the educators use. I mean, they have some names. Those of you who are in education of, of any kind or have degrees in education know there's some levels of learning. There's um, knowledge, understanding, recall, application. And again, because I had trouble remembering, remembering things, I, uh, I put them in kind of words that, that rhyme. So I, I thought of it as name it, which is knowledge, explain it, understanding, that the child can explain it, they can retain it, they can recall what they've been taught, and that they can reclaim it. They can, uh, they know how to get back to that information so they can use it where there's a situation that they need to. What I hear you saying, Deborah, is that we are our children's primary teachers and um, other people may come alongside us to help us, but we must teach our children and instruct them in a way that they can know what God wants them to do. What are the principles in Scripture related to instruction? Well, uh, I think the main one starting off is just that Scripture gives parents, parents the responsibility to bring their children up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, parents do need, I mean, we've got to teach them how to eat, how to bathe, how to brush their teeth. We've got to teach them, the, you know, as they're young, the ABCs. And I mean, there's just a ton, a ton of stuff that we need to teach them. Um, but especially to teach them uh, about God and how he says to live life. Um, now this, you know, I think of some of the um, principles or responsibilities that a parent has. It may not sound like, um, you know, a very exciting thing. Oh, I've got to go teach a class. I've got to teach class on it. It may sound not exciting, but it is extremely important and can be a, just a whole lot of fun. Uh, a script, a scripture that uh, I, I really like is Proverbs 1, 2, and 4. And in the message translation, it says, you know, it says, Scripture is written down so we'll know how to live well and right, to understand what life means and where it's going, a manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair, to teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp on reality. And wow, it's not like we're just teaching them a book or just teaching them verses. But Scripture, this really is what Scripture is. And as we think about teaching that, that's what they really need in life. It, they need that roadmap. And so... The other thing that's exciting to me about this uh, teaching them what, what God has to say about life is that God, that this is something God guarantees. Uh, he, uh, he guarantees that His words 
in our hearts will bring forth fruit. They will be effective. And one of the most, um, boy, it was just, it was so neat, something, a way I saw this. When John was young, he was, I don't know, maybe eight, uh, and he uh, had been memorizing the Beatitudes, the part in Matthew 5 where it says, you know, blessed are these, blessed are these. You know, it has a lot of blessings in it. And so, anyhow, there was one night, it, oh, it was probably midnight or something. I had been working on something later. I walked past his room, and I knew he had gone to sleep, fallen asleep earlier, and I heard talking, and I thought, who's he talking to? What's happening? You know, I, so... I quietly went into the room, and what I heard was him saying, uh, you know, he was quoting uh, the Beatitudes, and he was at the part where it's, uh, Blessed are those who show mercy, they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will uh, see God. And um, so uh, I thought, Wow, he is quoting this in his sleep. I mean, I did different things, but he was quoting the scripture in his sleep. Well, that was very exciting. But even more exciting was as even from from then as he went through the rest of his school years and then even on into his his career, um, one thing that teachers would tell me or I would be aware of some situations or on the soccer team or whatever he was on, I would see him or hear about him reaching out to the other uh, child or, you know, teenager who uh, the others were not including, maybe even excluding, him uh, showing mercy to someone, him standing up for the, you know, and high school, junior high, kids love to, to um, you know, be mean to someone, and they were being mean to the smartest boy in school. I mean, who likes the smartest boy in school? And, <laughs> and, uh, and John would stand up, you know, and prevent them doing that. And he, he would make peace, and even in his job, he was able to bring different coalitions together in the, or, you know, groups together in the company. Uh, but those things, it wasn't just the words that stayed in his head, but it was the, the application of those words. And God says, for my word won't return to me void. It won't come back ineffective, but it will accomplish all that I purpose. And so that was just super What exciting. a gift of peace that we can give our children that just, it's something, Scripture gives us real peace and joy and and that is something that we can give our children as we instruct them. Um, what I hear you saying, Deborah, is that Scripture really wants us to be the primary teacher of our children. We are instructed to pass on God's Word and His instructions for living. Yes, yes, especially, especially in God's Word and, and His life instructions. You know, it's real easy to assume, you know, a lot of churches have good kids' ministries, or, or maybe if your child is in a Christian school, and maybe they, you know, learn some scripture there, you know, well, hey, that my child's getting it there, 
mark that off the list. And but uh, actually, because what God wants is not just memorizing it, but it applied in daily life. Really, we're the only ones who are with them most of the time, and we're the ones who really see where they need to apply it and can help them learn to see where they need to apply it. Yeah, that that creates a different picture for um, the role of teachers in our children's lives. They can come alongside us, but we are responsible for helping our children apply the knowledge and also providing further instruction. That's helpful. Yes, so this approach that you're talking about seems to be very doable, even for very busy moms. Yes, yes. And to me, that was very exciting because I, when I was a a mom of young kids like you, were very busy. In fact, I hardly ever meet any mom that's not very busy. Um, But this type of instruction, I was able to start really after Jessica became a, 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 a baby. Um, this this approach, and it was so, I mean, it was actually kind of freeing to me. I didn't have to so much set up a, a classroom for teaching her Bible or something. Um, but it's sort of an on-the-go education, what Scripture is talking about. Um, and um, it's, it's life-based. It's connecting what the kids have been taught to what they're experiencing. And it can be uh, a lot of fun. The scripture that describes this type of instructing is Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. And that says, write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you are. Sitting at home, walking in the streets, talk about them from the time you get up in bed, uh, get up in the morning until you fall in bed at night. And I'm sure they had uh, moms in mind because they usually fall in bed at night. They're so tired. Um, but that's that's how how you do it. And so uh, with Jessica, even young, uh, even like really little, I like a baby. If she was up, I couldn't um, get her to sleep. I probably, I think, maybe drank some Cokes while, just possibly while I was nursing her and she had some trouble sleeping at night. But um, anyhow, I would go ahead and I would practice scriptures. I was memorizing because, you know, you do it first to you. And um, then uh, as I, even though she, before she could talk, it helped that I start started then, because then I wasn't like feeling weird when I did it when you know she was younger. I mean older, and so I would say, "Hey, we're going. I'm gathering up stuff. Do you want to help, mommy?" Or uh, we're gathering. I'm making some food to take to someone who just had a baby, and uh, I'm doing it because God says, "Do good and share what you have." So we're going to go share this food and be a a helper to this mom. And so then, you know, just the vocabulary. I just took the vocabulary up as she and the others got older. But um, it was, I, whether we were running errands or whatever, even, and if I uh, blew it and did something wrong, I could just stop and tell her I need to ask God's forgiveness. You know, it, it's just... Like it says, you know, on your way as you're walking in the streets, you know, just talk about um, that type of thing. There are times when I have instructed my children and 
they forget um, what I have said to them. Oh no, so I've never had that happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I don't know why they don't retain the instruction that I'm giving to them. Um, and so I, I ask myself, what am I not communicating to my children? So what would you say to that? Okay, well, I would say one of the things that uh, I used, and it's part of this process, kind of that God uh, shows just even as people were training people, you know, in the New Testament times. But there's uh, educators have steps, uh, levels of learning that they use, and those can be used in evaluating, you know, if a student knows it. Well, uh, those go well with what the Bible is just generally in the Bible about training others. I took those levels and renamed them. Um, I, I renamed them so I could remember them, so I made them rhyme. Um, the uh, the first, first step to trying to take the steps so that it stays in, you know, they keep it, they use it, is name it. And that's knowledge. Do they know the name of, of things or names of the attitudes or the quality, whatever, the, the sharing, you know, clearing up relationships? Do they know names of these things? The second step, so we've got name it. The second is explain it. And that is do they understand it? And so often what I would do is sometimes I might ask my child to, okay, this is what we're doing. Do you understand what, can you tell me what you understand? I say we're getting ready to do right now or why we're doing it. Or it's great if you said, um, you know, if they're older, can you explain it to your your brother or dad comes in, can you explain it to him? But explain it to someone in their own words. Then you get a clue. Uh, one, okay, they're, they're more understanding it, and that's the next level. The third one is retain it. So we have name it, explain it, retain it, and that's just the ability to recall it. And so I put it in a rhyme so I could recall it. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, so I could remember it if someone, like you asked me, what are those, you know, levels? Um, and so I tried to sometimes do things in a way, maybe a little rhyme, put it to a nursery rhyme, a song or something to help them retain it. But also just asking them, you know, do you remember what this is? Uh, the fourth step is reclaim it. And this is what one of the main uh, things in Scripture is about instruction, is that we don't just learn to learn, we learn to do, so we can mm -hmm. live life the right way. And to reclaim it in a situation where maybe they need to share, they need to be able to remember, oh, I need to share. And so, um, and in education, it's called application. So, you want to ask, have I helped them learn to name it? Can they explain it? Can they retain it? Can, you know, if I ask them a week later or something, or if they can't, well, can I help them memorize it better? And then, especially, have I seen them reclaiming it? Have I seen them, okay, I'm in a situation thinking, ah, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. 
those are really helpful steps, especially if you, if, you know, as we're parenting, we can, you know, just look through them and identify what we haven't done as we're instructing. That's really great. Thank you. Deborah. how about you give us some more details about how to apply these helpful steps? Okay, well, let's see. On explain, um, when I'm thinking of how I'm going to explain a, a concept to them and one they can remember, uh, pictures are one of the best best ways. You know, the picture, you know, can communicate what a thousand mm -hmm. words would. And one of the things that I did when they were young, um, which was really helpful, uh, especially with con kind of concepts like sharing kindness or really understanding a scripture, even though they were, you know, three, four, five. I made little picture books. Now, this was before you could actually make a really neat book by, you know, sending it <laughs> off and you have your, you know, all the really cool books that can be made now. But this was the little, um, you know, uh, Walgreens little book that you slip pictures into. So, I would take a picture of when uh, they were doing something right. They were sharing, or they were being kind, or when they really had obeyed their parents. You know, it was kind of a difficult situation, but they went ahead and obeyed. And uh, I would put it in the book, and there were certain scriptures I was helping uh, them memorize. And so I tried to find a picture for each of those of them doing it right. And then we would go through it. And it was called the picture book. So on one side is the scripture written out. And on the other is a picture of my child doing it right. So, um, like, one was sharing, you know. And they were young and, and the... You know, sharing is hard, and usually you don't have huge examples of it, you know, two or three. But a friend had come over, and it was her handing her doll to the, the friend to let her play. And so beside that was do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And um, I know one that I used on obey was, of children, obey your parents, was our family photo that a friend shot for Christmas. And you know how how family photos are. It's pretty hard on everyone involved. Yes, yes. And the, the child really has to obey a lot longer, sits still a lot longer than they'd like to. So that was the picture for obey. So we can look at the picture and we tell, yeah, I was so, you know, I'm proud of you. You did a great job obeying. Blah, blah, blah. So, uh, doing something with uh, pictures of your child uh, and where they're doing it right. Uh, another thing, I like boys who, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine, and up, if there are historical pictures, especially battle heroes of some kind, and they illustrated making some right choices. They don't have to be battle heroes, but they've done something courageous or kind or whatever, uh, and you tell them or let them read about that, and you, or even if it's a, some kind of movie that brings it out, and you ask them questions to help, help that stick. What is this quality? But we ourselves are the best living picture, or people we know 
someone comes, they're kind to the family, they do something, you know, wow, wasn't that neat? Do you remember when so-and-so came and they shared something with you or with our family? Um, so that, that's some ideas on Explain. That's great. That's very helpful. Uh, on uh, Retain It, um, some of the things that really help kids, especially if it's a scripture or something like that, is movement. We would use uh, put a scripture to a dance, let them dance or make up their own dance about it, to music, uh, make up a, a song, uh, and especially when they got old enough that they could make their own plays about that quality or about something that happened in the Bible, uh, I think when they can create it themselves, they really remember it. Uh, something that I had heard that um, has seemed to really prove true, uh, I'd heard that kids tend to retain 10% of what they hear. That's why you tell a kid something that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then uh, 50% of what they see, 70% of what they say, but 90% of what they do. That, uh, that reminds me, my son loves to shoot home videos on his iPad, and that has been such a great way of oh, wow. reminding him of principles that I'm trying to teach him. Yeah, that is great. That is great. Um, and uh, then on Reclaim It, um, I think as we model how we have used something we have learned, uh, even if it's something they haven't learned, but we say, you know, I was reading in the Bible about this, and then today I had an opportunity to do that. Uh, we're modeling, hey, it is important. We don't just learn these to know something or impress somebody. We, God wants us to learn it so we can use it and we can benefit in life. Uh, in fact, my oldest daughter, Jessica, uh, you know, as far as in examples or illustration, I think she's done um, a great job on the uh, instruction of her ch two young children. And um, uh, one, her daughter is three, a little over three, and a boy who's going to turn two in August. And uh, like one of, I mean, there's been several different topics where I've seen her do this kind of thing. Uh, one is like just uh, helping them learn uh, how to welcome people and talk to people, you know, be friendly, uh, especially for guests uh, their age or older who come in the home. And so she, before they ever came, she would say, you know, people, uh, first she would just set the example herself of being very welcoming, but then she would say, you know, so-and-so is coming over and we have an opportunity to welcome them or to, she might have said, be kind, or, or but, you know, welcome them. And so, and then she would just talk them through. She would name, you know, what it is that was welcome, and then she would explain. So, when they come, we can, you know, open the door, and then we want to say something to them, you know, like, hi. And she would actually kind of walk them through the first time the, the script was maybe just one or two things. So, hi, and then, um, glad you're here. You know, well, then she began adding more things of different 
questions they could ask people <laughs> or things they could do. And um, so then, uh, she, so she gave them that opportunity to practice it. And then uh, I've seen them reclaim it and someone comes in, I mean, she hasn't even said they're coming and they'll welcome them and then ask them lots of encouraging questions. <laughs> what a great so, skill. So, <laughs> so anyhow, that's just one example of kind of going through mm -hmm. the steps um, for instruction. Yeah, it seems that we want to really help our children connect the dots as yes. we're training them. Yes, yes. Here's how. Yeah, and then that helps them recall uh -huh. um, the instruction. Yeah, that's right. Hi, moms. Penny Lamberth here. That wraps up our interview with Deborah Bullock for now. Please tune in next time as she wraps up explaining the kids' acrostic and gives us some more practical tips for parenting. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged to move forward in your parenting journey and that you have some practical next steps you can readily apply. Join us again next month for another Mom to Mom podcast.